the best of the week on Relevant Radio. As many blessings that are inherent in the sharing of a meal, there are yet more that entail foregoing that meal. But exactly how can this self-denial, and not, not just of food, of course, but of other goods as well, how can that lead you into a deeper faith? And how do you know when to fast and how to do it well within physically and spiritually healthy parameters? How can you set up a good plan for fasting? Fasting is our topic today for today's Inner Life. Joining us now is our spiritual director, Father Matthew Witter. Father Matthew is a priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, serving as pastor at St. John Newman, St. William, St. Joseph, and St. Mary in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Father, good to be speaking with you again. Welcome back to the program. Good to be on, Patrick. Great to be with you and all the listeners here. All these holidays that we do, we yep. just got through some of the major holidays, and I'm guessing I'm not the only one who is uh, dealing maybe with a few extra pounds. Um, but now we're we're talking today about fasting, and of course, most of us have Lent in starting to come up on our radar as well, where we're starting to think about fasting, what we might give up for Lent, that sort of thing. Our Lord himself fasted, so we fasted in the wilderness from Matthew chapter 4. So what are some significant things that we can take out of this understanding of Jesus himself fasting? Coming off of the, the Christmas season, there's usually no shortage of, of different types of sweets and, and any number yeah. of things. And, right. and, and it's interesting, usually we kind of finish that season being like, whew, like, love the food, but gosh, it's time to kind of get back into a, a type of, of focus. And, and even with the, the gospel, those who follow the, the daily Mass readings, uh, maybe went to Mass today, the, even the Gospel for today, Jesus is, is talking about fasting as the disciples of John and, and the Pharisees, they approach Jesus and they ask, you know, why do disciples of John fast? The Pharisees, but, but your disciples do not fast. And, yeah. um, and what does Jesus say? When, you know, the bridegroom is there, they can't fast, but when it's taken away, they, they will fast. And, and so we're in that time. And really one of the things that, that fasting really focuses us on is is so often we we think that we can bring about heaven here on earth. Like we seek heaven in things that are not heaven, in things that are not the Lord. And so food is good, but when we seek our comfort, when we seek our enjoyment too much in the things of earth, we kind of lose our, our spiritual antenna with the things of heaven. I think that's right, and I think that there's uh, there's so much of that too. Is that we we love to enjoy these things, and and let's be fair, let's be honest. It is right to give thanks to God for His goodness to us and all these good gifts. But uh, that's what's ultimately in mind, isn't it, Father? That that Jesus is trying to point us that you know these all the good things that we encounter in this life are merely. Uh, invitations, they're pointers, they're arrows pointing us to an ultimate fulfillment that will never come about from the things of earth. Exactly, exactly. And, and so often we can we can find ourselves, you know, kind of craving a cookie at a certain time. And, and if we don't have it, it's like, oh gosh, what am I missing? Or it might be a cup of coffee or, or what, are, what are these things, which aren't, none of those things are bad. Yeah. But then all of a sudden we start to realize like, oh gosh, if I don't have that... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, can I still function? You know, that, that can happen to us. Sometimes it's with, you know, social media or TV, when all of a sudden we find ourselves, you know, especially going online before we go to prayer, usually there's a sense that we're, we're without necessarily knowing that we're doing it, we're all of a sudden placing something in the pathway that, that only belongs to God. And so one of the, the benefits of fasting is it allows us to, to reorient the lens of our life towards the Lord. And, and, and fasting really kind of makes us vulnerable because 
many times when we're fasting, we recognize just how weak we are. Like we recognize just how much, oh yes, I need you know, that, that certain food that I might be giving up. Oh gosh, I, you know, I, we get that habit of counting on it at a certain time or looking forward to it. And, oh, it's, like, it's like, really, Lord? Like, does that really have that much of a hold on me? You know, and so sometimes fasting, it kind of reveals a, a vulnerable, vulnerable area in our heart that then allows the, the Lord to come back into in a, in a more profound way. Yeah, that's an interesting, uh, interesting turn of phrase there, Father. Use fasting makes us vulnerable, and really, I guess when I think about it, I'm thinking about specifically that uh, when we fast, it's kind of a, it's kind of our will and God's will coming together, isn't it? Because on one sense, we are making the willful decision to yep. forego certain goods of the earth. And uh, but at the same time, in that is based on what you said, is that we are actually aligning ourselves to God's will and recognizing we need God even more than we need food or that next cup of coffee or whatever it might be. Exactly, that's exactly it. That desire that we all of a sudden realize that we have more than we knew for a particular yeah. food or technology or whatever. But but you said something that was very important there that really uncovers another reality of fasting. So there's that you know reordering our, our spiritual lens. But that that use of the word will mm-hmm. is so important. And fasting is also one of the ways that that really helps us make reparation for our previous sins. And and the word will is important in that because remember when we sin. We use our will to turn away from God. Uh, And so when we use our will to turn back to God and to say, I'm going to use my will not to turn away from God, but to make a sacrifice, that is another very powerful reality that fasting brings about because it, it reshapes our will, our will that in our sin turns away from God. In fasting, we, we use our will against maybe what our, our feelings maybe want to do, and we offer that to God, which is a powerful way of, of making, many times the word we use is, is reparation for, for our sins or the sins of others. Mm-hmm. Excellent point, Father. And one of the things that strikes me, too, about fasting is that uh, this, and using and the utilization of our own will as well, is that uh, obviously we want virtue to play a role in this, and specifically maybe the virtue of temperance, of, you know, we, mm-hmm. that and there is a fruit, it seems, of fasting yes. that when we return to whatever good it is that we've yes. given up, food or whatever, um, that there is a, there's a sharpening of our mindset of, yeah, but recognizing this is not the end-all, be-all, so therefore, you know, we, we need to approach this with an idea of we're not going to overdo it. Exactly. Temperance is, is, is a great virtue. And, and another way of looking at that, too, is sometimes fasting, especially in our society now, interestingly enough, can almost become a god of its own, where yeah. there can be a certain pride that we have because we, you know, don't do this or don't eat that or fast on, you know, whatever we're doing. And all of a sudden it becomes... <laughs> We find that it, in the sacrifice we're making, all of a sudden there's a sense of pride of, you know, look, look what I'm doing. And, and that's why many times the, the church is very cautious, you know, good spiritual directors are usually cautious about assigning very, you know, intense fasts for long periods of time without, you know, breaking them up at certain times. Because all of a sudden what can kind of creep in in the midst of what started as, as a good thing, there can be a, you know, a pride that creeps in. And so temperance is really teaching us to use the things of this world in, in, in the proper way. And so there is a time to feast and there is a time to fast. And if we're, we find ourselves fasting in times where we're feasting, that might also uncover a bit of a pride. That is an excellent point as well, Father, that, uh, yeah, as has been told me a number of times by many uh, trusted spiritual advisors, that, uh, yes, 
we need to take account of the church's liturgical calendar, certainly when it comes to some of this, and we fast when the church tells us to fast, and we feast when the church tells us to feast. And uh, I mentioned before that Lent is, uh, it's not far away now. We're looking, you know, just about a month away as we the beginning of Lent. And so the church oftentimes, we know that Ash Wednesday and Good Friday are obligatory days of fasting for those within the the selected age range. Eight, is it 18, 16 to 59, something like that. And uh, if in those days we are fasting as the church has instructed or advised us to fast, but it's valuable outside of Lent too. I mean, I'm thinking of programs like Exodus 90, Magnify 90, and and things like that, that uh, people have people have engaged with these other fasting times as well. Um, how is it actually beneficial to us outside of these fasting and penitential seasons? Great, great question. And, and even, you know, within the, the, the context of the church and, and some great, you know, apostolic initiatives kind of broadening it up, that sense of fasting and sacrifice and, and seeking, you know, both of those situations, I'm more familiar with Exodus 90 than the Magnify 90, but there's a, there's a sense of, of community in it that you're not walking alone, but you're, you know, with others that are supporting you and you're, you're accountable to. But within the context of the church, you know, the, the church suggests that whether it's Lent or not, that Friday is always looked at as a, as a special day of, of penance. So just as Sunday, every Sunday is a, is a day of celebration. It's a day of the, the Lord's resurrection. You know, the, the church would say every Friday should have a, a penitential tone to it. Yeah. Now that the, and whether that's, you know, not eating meat on, on Fridays throughout the, world, throughout the year, or as the, the church says, if you, if you eat meat on a Friday, then make a, a, different, a different sacrifice. That's up to the person's uh, conscience. But it, it, it always is beneficial. If we find that we're just feasting, many times what we find is that our senses, our, our spiritual senses are dulling because we're, we're looking to this, to this world and the things of this world, which aren't all bad, but they take us away from the, the spiritual element of things. And we seek just to kind of uh, take from this, this world without the, the spiritual lens to it. Man, we sure like our comfort. I know I do anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and fasting is, it's uncomfortable. Um, yeah. So there's something that we're fighting against, not just in kind of the general influences of society, but even within our own selves here. It Definitely. seems like we're fighting against this desire for for comfort, for stability, for um, control in a sense as well, yeah? Yeah, comfort is, is a great word because many times we would say, you know, the Holy Spirit is, is the comforter. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. The Lord is meant to be our, our comforter. And yet we know that uh, we look for comfort in, in so many different ways and in, in our society. Now, it's not true for, for everyone in the United States by, by no means. Um, but for many, it's, you know, comfort is, it's all around us. And we're told to be as comfortable as possible and to avoid a type of pain or discomfort. So it's, it, it definitely goes against the trend of culture. And at the same time, what, what's interesting about fasting, whenever someone's made a sacrifice, whatever that might be, what's, what's interesting is just kind of thinking ahead to Lent. Many times when people give, you know, do the, the, the 40 days of sacrificing in one way of fasting in one way, it's amazing how oftentimes, now sometimes we fail and we get back on and, and of course that happens too. But it's interesting how oftentimes people say like, boy, I feel so good. You know, once you get over that initial challenge, like sometimes people are actually kind of sad to return to Easter because then they sometimes forget about the, you know, the, the good habit that they, they put into place. Let's take a phone call. Tom is calling in from Tucson, Arizona. Good morning, Tom. Thanks for calling into the inner life. I've been fasting Wednesdays and Fridays for many, many years. And 
the fasting becomes routine quite easy and actually kind of enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So it's not a difficult mortification anymore. Is that a common problem that we become <laughs> we become so conditioned to it that it's not really a sacrifice anymore? And then what do we do? The rewards are so wonderful that it's hardly a penance. Yeah. And it's interesting because I'm sure there are people listening now that are saying, he does what? <laughs> like, whoa, <laughs> like uh, that, that could be for some listening. And so, you know, praise God that like you use that word of the sharpness of thought. And there's a, there's a sharpness of, you know, of the inner life. I would not try to second guess that the Lord is, the Lord has given you a grace. And if it seems, you know, easy, you know, the Lord can make it very difficult just like that. <laughs> and what do we do when there's a feast day? that lands on my scheduled fast day. You know, so for me, it's really hard to give up my fast day on a feast day. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things, you know, even the church recommends, like, for example, like a Friday in Lent, sometimes it happens where the, the, the solemnity of St. Joseph will fall on a Friday in Lent. You know, the, the solemnity takes precedence over the, over the day of, of fasting, uh, of abstinence from meat. St. Patrick's is not a solemnity. And so for the, the bishop, the local ordinary, he has the authority to lift the abstaining from meat. You know, one of the beautiful things with sacrifices that, like sacrifice, when we make sacrifices, you know, in the spiritual life, you know, what does Jesus say? Enter through the, the, the narrow door. Um, the gate is wide that leads to, to hell. Enter through the, the narrow gate. And what's interesting about the spiritual life is when you enter through the narrow gate, you know, of fasting, you know, it's difficult at first, it's intimidating, but then everything opens up in front of you. The other way is everything seems easy, and once you get in, it kind of closes. And so part of what's, what's happening in your spiritual life is you've, you've entered the narrow gate, and, and things are opening up as they should, as they should. And so I, would, I might just ask the Lord, you know, Lord, is there something more that you're asking me to do? I would kind of as a, a starting point, you know, when there is a, one of your fast days on the Friday or the Wednesday where it is, you know, a special solemnity in the church, I would give yourself an exception on those days. Um, not that you just kind of make a pig of yourself or whatever. That's never the, the ideal, but, you know, to enjoy it in that way. Like what you just heard? Share it with your family and friends. And thanks for listening.